Welcome to the ORX Operational Risk Podcast. Uh, this is the first part of two discussions on a report we're publishing uh, entitled The Right Time, Right Place for Operational and Non-Financial Risk. I'm Simon Wills, Executive Director of ORX, and I'm joined today by Luke Karavik, our Head of Research and Information, and Mark Cook, uh, advisor to ORX and formerly Global Head of Operational Risk at HSBC. Uh, welcome, guys. Hi, Sam. And we're here today really to discuss change. Our view, it's not a unique view, is that the financial services industry is targeting a digital transformation. So new customers, products, delivery channels, business models, competitors, and that transformation will impact the risks that our firms face and should impact how we manage those risks. And to be clear, we think that the consequences of that transformation will fall most heavily into the operational and non-financial risk portfolio. So what we're going to be discussing is really the, the summary of a series of debates and discussions and conversations we had with about uh, 50 of our heads of operational risk management about how operational risk as a discipline in their firms and in the industry is going to respond to that challenge. And I'll just pull out one quote from one of our members whom I think summarised it really well, is that you can't be an analogue risk manager in a digital bank. So, Mark, Luke, kick things off. Um, right time, right place for operational and non-financial risk. Why do we think that? Luke, do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Thanks, Simon. I think there are kind of two sides to it. There is a need which is primarily driven by that digitalization that you mentioned that changes the way that institutions operate. It changes the customer expectation. All of that adds to a risk profile that's much more uh, rapidly moving than previously. Um, so there's a real need to maybe do operational risk differently, do it in a, in a different way to, to how we've managed it before. But on the other side, there is this huge opportunity as well. The same technologies that uh, bring some of those challenges also bring opportunities for, for managing the risks. The third element, uh, which is a consequence of the time we're living in, I guess, is the fallout from the pandemic. Um, operational risk had to operate in a very different environment in a very different way. And I think that showed an awful lot of people that um, it can be successful, it can move quickly. So that didn't necessarily cause this change, but it really accelerated things because it demonstrated that actually um, we could work differently and, and the old ways of working uh, weren't the only ways. And, and Luke, when we've been discussing those motivations with our, our members, I think I've been really struck by the bias towards opportunity. There seems to be a real optimism in the, the operational risk community at the moment that this is a change that we want to make and it means that we'll be able to do things better. Have you seen that as well? Yes, yeah, all over the place, actually. And I think um, if you talk to people, uh, that there's always been an ambition to manage risk in a different way to create more value, to be less seen as, as kind of a blocker, more of an enabler. But most of that ambition kind of hits reality at some point, and there were always limitations because of the way that the operational risk framework typically worked. There was always a lot of manual work involved. But now there is a, a genuine chance that it can become a reality. So that, I think that's where the optimism comes from. It's, it's, it's the right time. 
and it's realistic that we can change the way we work as well. Mark? Yeah, no, I think I'd, I'd echo that. I think it's a real coming together of factors, really. So we've got the technology side that's changing the businesses. We've got new entrants making people think differently about how they deliver products and services. But there's a huge behavioral element to all this, and that has been, I think, shifted via the pandemic. So there is the agility and flexibility about changing the way that we work and working patterns, uh, which I think has helped the set the conditions where people are more open to look at things afresh. And of course, you know, we're, we're seeing that not just within the banks, we're seeing that obviously in terms of the way that um, the bank's customers' behavior has changed and their, their, their propensity to adopt new ways of uh, interacting within financial services. You know, that really, you know, sets a very different context to what we're seeing. And then if you actually go to the front end and you look at how those products and services have been delivered, we're moving from this sort of analog batch process to very much digital continuous flow. And that's really changing the risk dynamics. Service resilience becomes absolutely key in something that is highly connected and continuous flows. So the digital economies really demand ONFR mastery in a way that, in a way that is different from, from, from what we've seen previously, and it becomes far more essential than what we've seen previously. And I think, Mark, would it be fair to say that, that we've reflected this in the report, really, but, but that competition drives the need for us to be more uh, efficient, to be more effective, especially in a digital space where you're facing off to new competitors. And that moving into a new business environment, a new risk environment, encourages us to be more creative, perhaps, than we've been in the past. And it, do, do you see those twin themes? Is sort of one is we really have to nail this bread and butter, and, and two, We've got all these new risks, this new environment. They're very ambiguous. They scale quickly coming towards us. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's certainly true. I think you've got a need because of the way the businesses are being disrupted and how people are using these technologies to service customers. You've got a need to drive an, another step change in productivity and efficiency. But at the same time, you've got this much, you've got this really dynamic risk profile you've got to manage. So you need to drive a step change in capability as well. So there's both the you know the ability to do things differently in order to be able to understand and manage the risks that have been presented, but also do them in a way that is far more productive than previously we've seen. And I think you know those two things together are a great backdrop for for you know ONFR to really be having its time now. I remember early on in the discussions, I think both of you will recall, we were sort of saying back to our members that, that, that the challenge for operational risk was to do more with less and to do it better. And in that context, you're surprised that people have ended up being optimistic because that sounds like quite a heroic challenge, I think. I suppose what I think is exciting on FR professionals is it's an opportunity to be a lot more innovative. And it's also what we've seen probably emerge out of the pandemic, particularly where you've seen this really rapid change in environment it requires a much closer dialogue and partnership with the businesses. Uh, and for those people that you know, can really move towards understanding the businesses better and working closely with those businesses, it's an opportunity really to thrive. All right. So right time, right place. Remind everybody, please down, download the report. As we've gone through that dialogue, I think we've, we've drawn the parallel uh, quite often between um, if risk was a digital business, how would it be... Uh, behaving. And I think most digital businesses start their strategic planning processes by, by talking about the customer, really being clear about how you create value. Uh, Luke, a question for you is, 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 is can we see a parallel uh, in the discussions we see happening 
within operational risk and, and how people are forming their, their strategies? Yeah, very much so. So just picking up on, on one of the things you said, which was the customer angle. It's always been a challenge for operational risk because you, you probably have three customers. Um, you have regulators, you have senior management, and then you have the business. And they're all asking for, for very different things. And a lot of the value creation really comes from treating those uh, first-line businesses as the customer. I mean, historically, that's been the customer that, that's been mostly overlooked. Operational risk came from a world where uh, there was a regulatory framework that was set out that was to encourage good risk management, um, but that was the primary driving force for many years. And we've seen that probably flip around almost entirely over the last few years where, where most people, when you talk to them, their primary focus is about helping that first line manage their operational risks better, helping them understand the decisions they make, the impact that will have on their operational risk profile, um, equipping them with the information that they need to make sound decisions. So I think it very much fits that digital mindset of thinking about the customer, creating value, making their life easier, bringing to them exactly what they need in the most efficient way. So it's quite a fundamental change for operational risk. If we had a conversation five or 10 years ago, there would be far more talk about keeping regulators happy, People still continue to do that, but they also think far more about uh, that internal customer. And even um, some people start to go beyond that to a kind of fourth level of customer, which is the actual um, consumer, whoever that is, at the end of the process, helping them understand uh, the operational risks that that institution is taking and managing when they interact with them in their products and services. Yeah, Luke, I think that last bit is important. I think we have seen a, a move towards customer centricity within the businesses and starting to think much more deeply about what the customer needs and how they want to consume those products and services. Um, and this is particularly true when you start to design, build and roll out digital businesses. And I think that customer centricity is also in, impacting the way that risk professionals are working with the business. It is trying to look at how we make these businesses more resilient, how we ensure that they, they can deliver those services in a way that avoids disruption to those end customers. And I think that's leading to a world where we're seeing risk management go from something that was perhaps a bit bolted on and a bit, and a bit almost like abstract processes to one that's far more embedded than we've seen in the past and one that you know is, is looking really to be part of how you optimize the way a business runs and particularly how you optimize it in relation to the outcomes you want for those customers. And Mark, all of that suggests a very different focus to that which we perhaps had as a discipline in, in the past, where I think it would be fair to say, you know, 10, 15 years ago, the focus was on, on, on financial loss and regulatory capital. And it feels to me that that focus on the customer, both external and, and for example, the board, is driving a, a different focus and, and that we're thinking about protecting different assets other than just our financial assets. Do you see that as well? I think that's spot on. I mean, you know, previously, the the impacts that we used to concern ourselves with, and, and the things that we've tended to factor in, and the use of things like severity curves uh, and probabilistic views, are all about the the economic loss element. I think where we are now, we're seeing a much more holistic view about how we protect today's businesses. It's about the customers. It's about that customer experience. It's about ensuring that customer can access those services reliably and it's about 
the wider SaaS that we operate, so the economies and the, and the fact that you know, we need to think about ensuring that financial services act in a way that are supportive of the real economy. And, you know, and therefore thinking through some of the you know, elements of our business models and the reputational consequences of how we operate. So all of that now is part and parcel about thinking about how we go about ensuring we get the outcomes we want and we, and we avoid the undesirable outcomes. It's gone way beyond simple economic loss. So if we want to transform our businesses, if we want to be successful in that transformation strategy, then protecting our balance sheet is certainly still a priority. But really, you want to protect your reputation, that your customers um, trust you, that you're keeping the data securely. All of those things seem to me to be climbing up the prioritization list. And Luke, are we, are we seeing this in, in actually what our members are doing in terms of defining their, their own kind of purpose and mission? Yeah, I think so. I think in the report, we do set out a purpose, which is really an amalgam of, of the different things that people have mentioned during those calls that you referenced earlier. It's really interesting to compare it to what it would have looked like 15 or 20 years ago, whereas, as Mark said, there was this overwhelming focus on financial loss, on capital management, and all of these particularly new impacts are coming in now. So people are far more focused on uh, operational resilience, so it's a resilient service to their customers. People are concerned about reputational risk. People are concerned about changing safely. So the consequences, kind of the impacts of operational risk events are, are much broader now um, than they were several years ago. We've also seen a kind of broadening of what's important in risk terms as well. I don't think the fundamental definition of operational risk has really changed. Uh, what we've really seen is an elevation of some risks that previously weren't necessarily material concerns. So that's why you see things like cyber, third-party model risk being top of the agenda. They've risen in prominence really due to that kind of digital backdrop. But I think the drive, the kind of scope point is that these are now being managed in a consistent way. Uh, they were always within the kind of definition of operational risk. So losses from those risks would always be included in capital, but they were not necessarily managed in that consistent way. So we're having a, a kind of broadening of scope in two directions. One is the nature of the risks that you want to manage consistently. And the other is that range of impacts, which now includes a, a whole range of things that aren't just financial. So, so, so the, the, the challenge, Mark, uh, Luke, to summarize is um, do more with less, do it better, and do it against a broader canvas, where, as, as you say, the range of assets you want to protect and the range of risks that you're concerned about are, are both expanding. Is that a fair, a fair summary? Yes. Yeah. And again, I repeat, repeat that in this context, the group that we've been speaking with is optimistic. So I, I think we summarise the strategy to meet that challenge as uh, operational risk, operational non-financial risk, needs to figure out how to uh, optimize and uh, be uh, active in, in risk management. Luke, can I invite you to sort of explain those really two core concepts that we kind of surfaced in discussions? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, they are quite broad themes. I'll go through them in order. The way that we came up with them was really listening to what people's strategies were, what their plans were, and then trying to put them into some coherent groups. So optimization is very much focused on, on doing things sort of better. So 
that can mean a couple of big areas. One is is reducing the burden that uh, operational risk management places on other people in the institution. So trying to make things easier for the first line particularly. And that can mean automation. It can mean embedding risk management into kind of business as usual activities. It can, be, it can mean a range of things. And then the other side of the optimization is doing the same, but for those second line oversight functions. So making their jobs easier by, by collating data automatically, by doing more insightful analysis, by automating reporting, for example. But this is all focused on being more efficient. And, and the reason for that efficiency isn't just it's a, a cost saving. It means that things can run smoothly, quickly in an automated way so that when things are changing, you're, you're on top of them. So that kind of uh, running of the business as usual operational risk, if you want to call it that, in, in the most efficient way possible. And then on the other side, active is, is quite different and it requires quite different skills. Active is all about being really heavily involved in the most material risks that your institution faces. So that means being involved in change discussions. So if things are changing in your bank or insurer, understanding what the impact on your risk profile will be uh, with respect to those material risks primarily, being involved in uh, new product launches, things like that, just just being really on the front foot, particularly around those risks that are changing and, and looking out onto the horizon to understand what, what's coming up. So you've got two quite different areas of focus and quite different skills needed um, to progress each one. Thank you, Rick. Mark, let's dig into Optimize a little bit more do you, do you want to expand on Luke's description and, and maybe offer some examples um, of what Optimize looks like in practice? What sort of uh, initiatives we see our, our member firms engaging in? I think you know Luke's right. I mean, the, where we're at at the moment is is we're trying to create capacity to manage what is a, a much more dynamic risk environment. You know, we should say straight off the bat that there is a place for the existing processes and the, and the mechanisms we built up to document risks and controls, attribute an assessment to them and track remedial actions. You know, that has value. That's a, you know, you know, there's a foundation to that that we shouldn't lose sight of. What we're saying, though, is those elements are not in themselves sufficient. Um, and we need to go beyond that, particularly where the environment is rapidly changing or the nature risks are not well understood. But for those processes that we already have today, uh, the ones that you know are well understood and the ones that serve a purpose, there is, as Luke refers to, there, there is the need really to, to drive great efficiency, to drive productivity, to optimize them and ensure that, that those activities are engineered in, in a way that um, allows the value to be extracted, but also makes it easier for the businesses themselves to work with them. And in that regard, I think we're seeing risk functions move towards, again, looking at how they can use technology to make those activities more efficient and how to drive the productivity in relation to them, how we use the data that's available from those processes and create more insight off the back of that data. And in doing so, therefore, driving these processes and these activities to be to be both more efficient, but also actually in, in many ways to deliver more value than they have perhaps previously. That, to me, is all part of the optimised agenda that we're seeing being run within the firms uh, today. And I don't know whether you've been struck as well. Is, is conversations with people who've been successful in the optimised space, 
a very common theme is is you kind of need to start by getting the house in order. You need to to simplify your framework. You need to uh, adopt better business language. You need to to work out how you can be dynamic. All, all of those things before you digitalize. Otherwise, you're just going to be doing bad stuff more quickly rather than good stuff well. So it, it seems an essential step to sort of step back, look at your framework, simplify it, and then digitalize. Does that resonate with you, Mark? Yeah, it does. And I think, and I think we're seeing that. If I liken it to, you know, over time within the RNFR discipline, we've developed tried and tested approaches. And they work particularly well on the risks that are understood. But there is what's become very apparent and probably accelerated through the pandemic is there's an ability to make those better. And we can call that type of risk management, you know, it's still from the business side, you know, it's, it's almost risk farming. And we can optimize the risk farming to make it better. And we have individuals and we need individuals that are focused on ensuring that, that those activities continue to evolve and continue to provide value and uh, capability that is part and parcel of running these businesses well. I think, you know, where we see more in the active space is the risk hunting and where we see the need to move towards more dynamic, more engaged processes with the businesses themselves to understand those risks that are either rapidly changing because of the environment or those risks that are emerging that are relatively new. And being able to operate effectively in, in that space perhaps requires a different type of capability and different type of individual. But what we're seeing here is a much more blended, therefore, coming together. You need risk farmers, you need risk hunters. And this is all part and parcel of being able to optimize and actively manage risk in today's digital environment. Luke, do you want to expand, expand on the active piece? Yeah, yeah, sure. I think it's it's the area when you talk to people, it's it's the area where they see the greatest value, particularly. They think actually the ability to kind of get ahead of this changing risk profile is really where operational risk can make the biggest difference. So I think that's where they want to head. I think it's probably more challenging than optimization. It's challenging for, for several reasons. I think you need uh, skills that not every operational risk team may possess at the moment. You need to kind of deep technical skills to have the credibility to be able to contribute to managing some of those risks. They tend to be kind of material, fast-moving risks tend to be quite technical in nature, particularly things like cyber. So you need enough knowledge uh, to be able to contribute actively. Uh, you need uh, sort of credibility with, with the first line particularly, and I think a lot of that credibility has been built up uh, throughout the pandemic. People realized actually that the operational risk team can, can really help and make a difference. But, but I think people are very aware that they need to, to maintain that. So you need the skills, you need the contacts and the credibility to be able to manage those risks. Um, but I think what they can really bring that others struggle to within an institution is that external perspective, particularly. So um, if you're trying to get ahead of things, get ahead of that changing risk profile, you really do need to look outside of your organization. Uh, that can be at others in the marketplace, your peers. It can be completely unrelated industries as well. And you see that with, with cyber particularly. There is, there is no distinction between the, the risks that are faced by a bank and uh, other industries when it comes to cyber and information security. As I said, active is the area where people see the most value add. 
but also I think it, it is the most challenging one because of the reasons that I've just set out. And and I think one of the, the thoughts we came across rather late in the discussions, which is by no means a static model, right, is that if you're running a, a business that's relatively stable, you've got long historical data sets, it's fairly predictable, is, is there's going to be much more bias towards optimise. You're, you're going to mandate the business to really run the risks themselves and risk might even have quite a limited role. Whereas if you're looking at a business that's changing a lot, where you don't have a lot of data, you don't have a lot of experience, it's a very dynamic environment, then there'll be a real bias towards that active piece. And and, and I quite liked your language, Mark, is you kind of need the, the hunters and the farmers. And you could see that balance change, I think, across time, but also within within a single institution as well, as you might well have businesses that fit that stable model, in which case you take a very different approach and then you might see yourself pushing forward uh, in new areas and, and, and you take that much more active approach. Thanks for listening to our discussion. Uh, I hope you can join us for the second part of the podcast where we'll dig into things a little more. If you'd like to download the Right Time, Right Place report, uh, you can do so for free from the RX website.